I'm Cody. And I'm Dana. And you're listening to the Goddamn Football Podcast. Stomping through the club like I'm Rick James. Stomping through the club like I'm Rick James. Stomping through the club like I'm Rick James. I get star status. Star status tonight. And we ain't stopping till they cut on the lights. That's right. Welcome, welcome, everybody. We are back. Uh, Episode number six is on its way. How's everybody doing? How you doing, Cody? I'm good. How about you? I'm great. I hope our audience is great. Uh, I can't wait to do these more live so we can get some uh, some radio-like interactions. Um, but we're working towards that. I do believe we're definitely improved a ton. Cody and I are going to do some, uh, some planning, some fine-tuning, um, and make this an even better show next year. Uh, this has been a really fun few weeks of practicing essentially for next week or for next year um what do we got going for episode six cody uh first of all i wanted to say hopefully next year is covid free oh my god yes um anyways next season i should say it is next year next season (laughs) hopefully we we have it covid free anyways on to the show um our list today we uh Going to talk a little bit about the national championship, uh, 2021 college season preview. Way too early picks for next year's college football playoffs. Ryan Day's status. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about Urban Meyer, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, Packers Rams preview. And we're going to talk a little bit about the Eagles and their uh, firing of Doug Peterson and who could replace him. Um First off, I want to talk about the national championship. That will be played on Monday. Congratulate Alabama Crimson Tide on uh, just doing what I didn't think they was going to do. That's beat the dog piss out of Ohio State. I'm not upset. Um, the only thing I wanted to see coming into this year was Ohio State make the playoffs and beat Clemson. And, and they successfully did that. They beat the dog piss out of them. So, I mean, any normal year, I'd be, right now, I'd probably be really pissed. But what I wanted to happen, happened, and it is what it is. I'm going to say this. Uh, I hope Justin Fields decides to come back because I'd like to see him win a Heisman in the National Championship. And there's some other reasons I'll get into here in a minute. Um, what's your... Uh, Comments on the national championship, Dan? Um, well, I remember we talked about the three things that we both thought might have to happen. Uh, my three things were to stop the run. Both teams did pretty well at that. Win turnover battle. Ohio State did that, actually. There was only one turnover in the game. They got a fumble recovery. And number three was to shut down the all-star wide receiver. Uh, Olave had a decent game. You know, he was held under 100 yards, but he had about eight catches, I think. Um, How many yards did he have? I want to say it was like 80, 80, 90, somewhere in there. That's that's still a good game. Yeah, it was a solid game. being shut down or anything like that. But Devontae Smith, I mean, the dude just torched Ohio State left and right. Uh, even on short passing plays, we couldn't tackle him. You know, he'd, he'd break one loose in these little bubble screens, and he's a lanky-looking dude. Like you might snap him if you hit him too hard, uh, and he gets a lot of uh, shit for it. Um, in fact, one of his big, you know, his big things is that he likes to to support all those undersized kids and, and encourage them. Like just because you're undersized right now doesn't mean you can't grow up to be big and strong and be elite. And he's proven to everybody, you know, he might look a little undersized, but he's out there dominating, and he dominated a whole bunch of grown-ass men out there. Um, You know, I think he had 12 catches, 215 yards, three touchdowns, just nuts. I mean, in a big stage, after you just won the Heisman, Come on, man. You didn't have to relax at all. You just fucking went out there and did your thing. 
And that's where Ohio State went wrong. Uh, you and I talked about it. You were like, you told me you thought it'd be too hard for him for Ohio State to double him. Well, they should have found a way because if he was doubled, you know. Uh, no, my thing was on them where he gets set in the motion and then gets set back and then it's, it turns into like a bubble screen or whatever. That's where he was killing Ohio State. And um, I know he, after he won the Heisman and then after the this game, he's projected to go pretty high in the, in the uh, draft. My con- that's, that's my concern with him. Is like in the NFL, they're not going to do that. He's not going to have that space. Unless he goes. He's going to have to, he's going to have to, with a man lined up across, across from him, he's going to have to make it work. Yep. Um, he's going to have to go to a team that's got one of these newer innovative offenses like the Packers, the Rams, uh, where they do a whole lot of motion. In my opinion, like, there was only one time where I can remember he lined up at, like, like an actual receiver and killed Ohio State, and that was because he was matched up against a linebacker. I agree. So, you know, if anything comes out of that, it's defensively, where were we on that, you know? Evidently, Alabama did uh, a better job at scheming things up than the defense did, which, you know. And back back to what you were saying about him being a lanky guy, I looked up a a pro comp for – uh, Devontae Smith and his pro comps Marvin Harrison, who was another, you know, lanky, not real tall guy. But I mean, if he has a career like Marvin Harrison, <laughs> he's be, he gonna be all right. <laughs> yep, <laughs> he's gonna be all right. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of promise in Devontae Smith, and he's gonna do nothing but put meat on his bones as he gets up there, anyways. So. Um, in fact, you know, I can think of another guy who came into the league looking awful lanky and bony, and that's Donald Driver. Now the dude looks jacked. Yeah. <laughs> he just put on a little more muscle every year, and by the time he fucking retired, he's perfectly tuned. But, yeah, I think, uh, congratulations to the Alabama Crimson Tide. I was very worried, uh, just due to the matchup of personnel, um, but honestly, uh, Ohio State's pass rush never really had the chance to, to dial it up because they were playing from behind most of the game. My, my, my thing with Ohio State is, like, they kept trying to run the ball way too much. Like, after the conservative got hurt, and certainly one never got hurt, like, fine. But, like, Master T, he, he's all right. But he ain't. He's not serving. He's not special. Yep. Um, and it, to me, they were just calling way too many run places. They were down by so many points. And I'm just saying to myself, like, what the fuck are you doing? Throw the ball because they couldn't stop us. When well, Justin Fields was, was cranking it up and throwing that motherfucker down field, they couldn't stop us. Yeah. I don't know if you knew this, but. Justin Fields wasn't able to practice Monday and Tuesday the week before the game. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And Wednesday. So, I don't want to give the guy excuses, but, you know, there's a lot of things that happen in the football world, and you like to just blame it on a little bit of football karma. Um, And maybe Ohio State not playing enough games, things like that, didn't get to work out some of those bugs. I think football karma worked itself out when we whooped on fucking Clemson because Debo Sweeney, you know, was running his mouth and we shut him up. But I also think football karma took place when Alabama beat on Ohio State because they were just as good and they played all their games. You know, uh, I don't necessarily think it was anything about talent because both teams were, in my opinion, equally talented. A little football karma happens, you know, some players get injured that are key. It's never an excuse, but, you know, uh, that's the way the pendulum swings sometimes. Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate. 
But Ohio State's also been dealing with this shit all year. So, to me, I, it's not, I don't even bring it up because, you know. Yeah. And, I mean, they had a good year. Ohio State had a good year. I mean, Ryan Day is like, what, 24-2 and two as a as head coach? I mean, when when your only two losses come in, in a playoff game and then the following year a national championship game, you know, you're, you're doing all right. Yep, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> doing just as good as Urban. Um, you know, right, he's off to a better start than Urban. Yeah, next all he's got to do is win a national championship, and then he's pretty much equal with Urban in terms of what he's done for Ohio State in a short period of time. Um, we're going to go ahead and go to the 2021 preview for college football. I'm going to get into what I was talking about earlier with Justin Fields, why to me he should come back. Um, whether he comes back or not, next year with, with so many so much talent come out in this draft, and next year's gonna be wide open. Um the only real good team that's returning their starting quarterback is uh, Oklahoma. And he wasn't really all that up until the last few games of the season. Um but I, I just think I just think Justin Fields should come back. Come back. And I mean, yeah, he's taking a chance on getting hurt. Don't get me wrong, but like sometimes you got to bet on yourself. But I mean, if he comes back, wins the Heisman, wins the national title, guess who he's going to be the first pick in the following draft? Absolutely, it's going to be Justin Fields. I can do nothing but agree with you, and I like to think about history, and I think to myself, I'm sick and tired of Ohio State quarterbacks going to the NFL too soon, and never amounting to anything. I mean, who's the most successful Ohio State quarterback? You can't really think of any. Yeah, you know, I'll tell you who. Terrell Pryor, and that's because he switched the receiver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fact. Troy Smith won the Heisman, did shit in the league, went to Canadian football eventually. Cardale Jones, another big name. Didn't do shit. Um, Barrett. Garbage. Barrett. Garbage. Um, Washington football team. What's his name? Dwayne uh, Haskins. Yes, Dwayne Haskins. I mean, probably one of the most prepared players to enter the NFL uh, in Ohio State history in terms of everybody said he's ready. He's got the background, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I, I, dis, I disagree with that, but... Well, I disagreed with it as well. I thought he should have stayed another year, but all the hype was like, you know, he comes from an NFL family. Um, he's, you know, able to read defenses. They they hyped a lot up, and I remember watching too many games where he wasn't reading at all. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he got credit for reading the defense when it was schemed that way, and I could tell. Um, and... and I don't know if Ohio State just needs to do a better job at developing their quarterbacks and, and letting them read. Or, you know, uh, you also don't want to change your formula to losing games. So uh, what they do works, but they, they don't develop quarterbacks for the NFL, in my opinion. Um, Currently. Maybe Ryan Day and Justin Fields well, are going to no, change Dwayne that Hask- Dwayne Haskins was Ryan Day's first quarterback. He, he was the offensive coordinator. Yes. But he was he was the one calling the plays and, and scheming up the offense. I I, I don't blame Ryan Day. Uh, to me, it's on Dwayne Haskins. Oh, oh, for sure, because I do feel like Haskins was, you know, uh, given all of the tools necessary going into the NFL. But I don't think he's made the most of it. He uh, just looks scared out there. He can't play fast for some reason. You know, in college football, everything was slowed down for him a little bit, and he was able to succeed. But he can't play at the NFL speed. He can't handle the full game speed. Well, I think the issue is he only he only had one season as a starting quarterback. Yep. Um. And to me, at a minimum, you need two years as a quarterback in college. 
before you go to the pros. At a minimum, two years. And when I say two years, I mean two full years. Which is, whatever, what is it, 11, 12 games in the regular season, and then if you play a conference championship and then get in the playoffs or whatever, whatever, whatever. But I don't blame Ryan Day for that. And and just like I, if, if Fields comes comes out and and he just ain't that good, I won't blame Ryan Day for that either. Like, you played a year and a half, like, you should have came back. Yeah. And honestly, I don't think Cardell Jones is a bust just yet. You mean Dwayne Haskins? Or, sorry, I keep confusing. I don't think Dwayne Haskins is a bust just yet. Cardell no. Jones is a bust. He's been a bust. Sorry. <laughs> Dwayne Haskins needs to sit behind a veteran quarterback. Yep. He needs Alex Smith to be healthy and have a good season. Oh, no, no. Washington released Dwayne Haskins. Oh, they did? Yeah, because he got, he was dumb and went out to a strip club and without a mask on and people took pictures of him and they, they ended, up, ended up releasing him over the whole deal. Um, but I know there, there was, there I don't think he's signed anywhere, but I know there's rumors of a lot of teams wanting him. Carolina's one of them. But he just, he needs to go sit behind a veteran quarterback. I agree. And not, not, it doesn't necessarily have to be a legendary quarterback or an elite quarterback. Just No, he's got the talent already. He just needs yeah. to sit so he can soak He up. needs somebody to show him how to be a pro. Yep. How to be a pro quarterback. Show him how to be a pro. And, you know, when I mentioned earlier he can't handle the, the NFL speed, the game speed, well, part of the reason for that is when you sit behind a, a, a good pro quarterback and you're in an organization that knows how to develop, you get reps. That's the big thing is practice reps. You get these reps to get timing, to know the playbook so well that everything is second nature. You don't think, you react. It's second nature. And he's not doing that. Like, he knows the plays, but he's still out there thinking, and, you know, that's why he's throwing so many picks. Because he's got, the, he's got the, the arm. He's got accuracy, actually, to put it right where he wants it. But he's making bad reads. Because he doesn't quite know who's going to be where, what his protection's supposed to be, all that kind of stuff. And then you watch somebody like Aaron Rodgers who makes it so easy that we're spoiled to death and we take it for granted. And you compare the two and it's just night and day. Rodgers is like a Zen master. He's out there not even trying. And everything that happens on that defense across from him, he knows. He knows what's happening. <laughs> uh, a lot of it with Dwayne Haskins is, is I honestly believe he landed in the very worst possible place for him in I, Washington. I agree. I did not want to see him go to Washington. He wanted to go to Washington, which is weird. I think he has ties or something. but Yeah, he's from Maryland. Okay. But uh, I just think that's the worst possible place for him. I mean, Washington's been a mess for years now. Yeah. Um, I mean, I... They've just been a complete mess. Their ownership's a, it's a mess. I mean, when you don't even have a team name anymore. Yeah. Uh, to me, like, if you can't put together a freaking team, team name before the season starts, that's terrible. I understand the circumstances. Some smart-ass, you know, millionaire genius bought up all the copyrights to the names that you were going to use. Well, you're the dumbass who leaked the names. <laughs> right, and, and they've already said it's going to stay the same for next year. Really, <laughs> the Washington so. football team. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, um. So, let's just move on. Yeah, let's move on to our um, our way too early playoff picks. Way too early. Who's going to the playoffs next year? Well, I can tell you this: even without Justin Fields, Ohio State's a lock. In my opinion. And they might even go in ranked number one overall because of all the people that Clemson's losing, all of the people that Alabama's losing. Ohio State's pretty much my lock for number one, uh, even without Justin Fields. In fact, uh, I forget the name of the backup quarterback, but 
Uh, there's a lot of hype about him if Fields does leave. Who else? Who else? Um, I mean, you can never, even if, like, there's complete turnover, you can never count out Alabama. I'm going to say they make the playoffs again. I don't think they win. I think they lose in the first round. But I'm going to say Alabama makes the playoffs. Clemson, I don't think, is going to make the playoffs. Too many people leaving. And they don't have... They're definitely one of the top programs, but I don't think they're going to be able to turn it around that quick. Um, Oklahoma's got a lot of people coming back, uh, and they were pretty decent this year. And their quarterback's coming back. He was just kind of mediocre, but I want to see him develop. I think they'll make the playoffs. Um, and honestly, Notre Dame has been turning that program around. I do think Notre Dame sticks with it. I think they make it playoffs again. So there's my four. My four, Ohio State. Um, doesn't matter whether it feels... If if it, if Fields comes back, it's going to lock for number one. Yeah, it feels no matter comes, what. Yep, if Fields come back, they're who I pick to win the national championship. Um, if he doesn't come back, to me, they still have to make the playoffs because I believe in C.J. Stroud. I believe he will win that competition next year. He's basically a Justin Fields lookalike, and and I think he could shock people and possibly win the Heisman. Um, but yeah. Ohio State's a lot for me, and then I got Oklahoma, rounded out by Alabama and Clemson. Um, I'm picking these teams just because They're the history says these will be the four teams. Yeah, history says those are the power four teams. And um, uh, I, I just included Notre Dame because I think they're starting to finally be there consistently enough to be considered – you know, not as a power four yet, not as one of those four, but they're like the little redheaded stepchild. Alabama's missed since since the playoffs started in and what was it twenty the twenty fourteen season, the twenty fourteen twenty fifteen season. I believe, if I remember right, Alabama's only missed it once. Clemson's only missed it once, and Ohio State's only missed it I think two or three times. And Oklahoma has made it half. So history says that, that you know, them will be the four teams then. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, next, uh, Ryan Day's status. Um, Ryan Day has been getting some attention from the NFL, including by my team, the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, I will tell you, um, I do not think Ryan Day goes anywhere, um, but but I will say that all, out of all the teams that are hiring coaches right now, there's there were well not now but as beginning of it there were seven teams. Um, I do believe the Philadelphia Eagles would have been the only team Ryan Day picks up the phone for, um, and that's because he used to work for. Them. I think he would do it out of respect, um, just because you know Jeffrey Lurie used to sign his checks, but he would turn them down. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think Ryan Day is going anywhere. I, I would love to know if Ryan Day has any aspirations on ever being in the NFL. I guess that would really tell you, because I mean, a lot of guys have said a lot of stuff before. You know what I mean? Uh, well, I, I just like Saban when he was with the Dolphins. I ain't going to Alabama. Yeah, every coach says that, especially especially during the season. But typically, if they say it after the season, it, to me it it holds less weight because I feel like sometimes it's a number, and if the NFL's willing to give them that number, they go. Um, to me, I don't think it's a number for Ryan Day. I think, you know, he makes enough money. Um, he could obviously make more if he went to the NFL. That's not a big deal. I think Ryan Day wants that national championship before he goes to the NFL, if he decides to go back, or before he, you know, goes back. 
but I could be wrong. You know, he's got opportunity, obviously. So I just, I, I just hope that Ryan Day is just like a Ohio State lifer, like I also do. Um, Trestle. What about Trestle? I thought you were saying like Trestle, like you know, a, a lifer. You know, long time uh, Ohio State coach that. Well, I mean, Urban Meyer was there almost as long as Trestle was. Uh, but I, I do think Trestle would have been a lifer had had that scandal not gone, which yeah. is the dumbest scandal I ever heard of in my life. Yeah. Over a bunch of fucking tattoos, but it ended up getting this Urban Meyer, so it, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I, I think Ryan Day ends up sticking at Ohio State. Hopefully he stays there for a while. <clears throat> um, next on some NFL news. Uh, Urban Meyer has officially accepted Jaguars job. Um, which I think is an, uh, it's, it, it really is an amazing opportunity for Urban Meyer. Because the Jags got, I mean they got rid of all, their, all the star players that did have. You're really handing Urban opportunity on a silver platter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're not handing him an all-star team or anything, but you are handing him the the keys to build his own car. <laughs> you know, what does he want to build? <coughs> Here's keys. They're magical keys. They'll fit any car that you want to build. You know? and Well, I mean... They got all kinds of cap space. Yep. First pick. Um, well, I mean, not only the first pick, they have three picks in the first 33 picks. Yeah. That's which, insane. Which is crazy. Like, you're going to get three first-round talents. Yep. If, if, if you do your scouting right, you do your due diligence, which I know Urban will. Oh, yeah. He's going to get three, I mean... Three studs who hopefully can contribute right away. But let's you know? go even even to the third round. Like he's gonna have the first pick in the third round, so like he's gonna be able to get four stars. Yeah. Day one. Yep. His own hand pick starters. Yep. And honestly, you know, if you look at other teams who draft well, a lot of teams get good, solid starters out of the second and third round, too, you know? Uh, so, potentially, <laughs> they could draft a whole bunch of good, solid starters if... Well, that's what I'm saying. They got the first pick in the second round and first pick in the third round. Okay. That's what I was saying. So three, four, five starters. No, four. Because he has two picks in the first round. And that first and okay. second, and the first and the third. Okay. And they may have, I mean, uh, I'm not sure. I thought they had three first-round picks altogether. No, they have. They only have two. Okay. Has the NFL awarded the compensa- uh, compensatory picks yet? I do not think so. I think that happens after the Super Bowl. Okay. Well, we'll be back for a, a whole draft episode, which is going to be pretty fun. Yes, we're going to do. We are each going to do a mock draft. Yep, mock drafts. We're going to do pre-draft, of course, episode with our mock drafts. And then we're going to do a post-draft reca- uh, recap. And depending <coughs> on our schedule, if we've got things figured out, we might even try our hand at our first live episode during the draft. And we'll do a draft coverage um, if we can work it out. So they have two second, they have two first round picks, two second round picks. So, I mean, yeah, Urban Meyer's about to have a guaranteed five starters on his football team. Well, a guaranteed chance at five starters. Got a draft. I mean, yeah, he's got a draft correctly, but uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say guaranteed because I believe in Urban Meyer. I do, too. I think the one thing that he was just amazing at was definitely recruiting. So, uh, if he's good at recruiting, that means, you know, essentially... He's going to know who to draft. It's just now going to be a matter of, you know, uh, putting together a board, you know, and, and drafting the best player available sort of mentality. 
drafting is much different of an art than recruiting because, you know, you're picking out of a lottery versus hand-picking, you know, everybody that you want on your team. <laughs> As a Ohio State fan, I don't, get, I, don't, I don't care who you are. I don't care who your team is. As a Ohio State fan, like, you have to be sitting here right now like, God, I wish I didn't have an NFL team right now. <laughs> I'd be jumping all off the Jags, dude. Yeah, I got some friends that are Jags fans, and uh, they were also Ohio State fans, you know, so uh, they're going to be loving this. And I look forward to it because uh, I've always had respect for the Jags. They're one of NFL's newest teams, and, uh, you know, I've always felt like they are kind of a, a hip team, you know, like a lot of the younger crowd like the Jags and they always seem to be very relevant in terms of uh, like social status, I guess. But, you know, they've been a shitty team for the last couple of years, so <laughs> hopefully they turn that around. Nothing helps your relevancy more than winning. Yeah, that's my one concern for Urban. Is like that's what a lot of his health issues are reported of. Is because when he loses, like he he can't deal with losing. On well, the National Football League, you're gonna lose football games. That's just the way it is. Oh yeah. Uh, you ain't. I mean. I don't know how much. All of that is blown out of proportion. Just. So he has an excuse or an easy out when he leaves. Um, but I suppose we might find out, you know. If well, he... uh, I believe it is an excuse. Um, because at Florida, I believe, like, he was about to get into some trouble because that back on hurt um, some of that Eric Hernandez shit and... A lot of the guys were getting in trouble, and he wasn't really punishing them like he was supposed to or whatever. And then on Ohio State, I think because of that that other coach that was beating up his wife or whatever, and then Urban didn't report it or whatever, I think. Yeah, he got scared and thought he might get in trouble. No, I think the university told him, like, basically, we're firing you, but... To save your legacy, we will allow you to say you're stepping down for health reasons. That's what I believe. Yeah. That does make sense. Um, to kind of jump back to our topic of Ryan Day potentially leaving, I hope he doesn't. But it definitely leaves me to question, like, at least Urban Meyer leaving left the team in good hands. Uh Ryan Day wasn't a for sure thing, but he was definitely a very solid option. Everybody kind of knew that we were still set talent-wise for a good team, and obviously his recruiting has been bringing in a whole bunch of five-star recruits and stuff still, so Ryan Day's recruiting skills are so far <coughs> on par with where Urban Meyer was. Uh, I think currently the team's in a great place with him, but you know if he leaves... Who does that leave the team to? Uh, there are some options. Um, you know, Luke Fickle could come back from Cincinnati. You mentioned that to me just the other day when we were talking about this. But, you know, uh, I hope we don't have to even discuss that. Yeah, me neither. Um, let's move on to uh, Packers-Rams preview. I'm just going to say I, I believe this is going to be a blowout football game. I'll leave it at that and let you uh, I believe know. it is, too. Um, I, I just... The Rams are a, a solid team overall. They got a solid defense, uh, a, you know, a solid offense, I guess, kind of-ish. <laughs> <laughs> kind of-ish. Um... But I think Packers defense has been stepping it up as of the last few weeks of the season of the regular season and going into the playoffs. I think Ohio or the 
Packers offense has really just continued what it has all season. Um, their biggest duds have always been games where it seems like the second half adjustments kind of kill them. Like something big happens, momentum shifts, and we can't, and the Packers can't overcome it in the second half. Um, those are the games that they've lost, essentially. But then they've also learned how to win those games, like, uh, you know, they did with the Titans. Really, they were dominating, let the Titans come back. It looked like, you know, it was going to be a game and Packers might end up losing it. Well, that didn't happen. We finally overcame that, like, ability to make halftime adjustments or inability in prior games. And I think that's just going to keep carrying over. Uh, the Rams are not good enough on offense if the Packers have a two or three touchdown lead. I don't think the Rams are good enough on offense to catch up at all. Um, they might get a couple splash trash plays for touchdowns to make it look like a game, but really it isn't going to be much of a game. I predict uh, 48-21. Huh. Um, Packers. I'll predict thirty-five to ten. Packers. All right. Uh, I do want to talk real quick. One of the key matchups for that game is Devontae Adams versus Jalen Ramsey. Uh, a lot of the media has been hyping that up. You know, top corner versus top wide receiver. Um, Devontae goes up against Jair Alexander in practice. Every day. And Jair is ranked higher than Jalen Ramsey this year. In fact, Jair got totally freaking snubbed out of the all-pro team. Uh, he was all-pro all um, second team. He should have been first team all the way. Like, he outranked the other corner by a mile. Um, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. But that said, um, who is gonna match up? You know, just because I'm talking about matchups, who's gonna who's gonna match up on Cooper Cup? Uh, is it gonna be Kevin King or is it gonna be Jair? Uh, I don't know for sure. Cody mentioned uh, earlier to me out outside of the show. He thinks it might be King just because Cooper Cup's kind of a a physical receiver, a bigger guy, and King's got a little bit more meat on his bones. Although Jair actually is probably the the better man corner. Uh, oh, he's definitely the better corner. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. But we'll see. It'll probably be a mix of the two because really those two together uh, make an incredible pair. It doesn't matter where they put Cooper Cup. I feel good about both of those corners covering him. Um, as far as the, the, um, Adams versus, um, Ramsey matchup, I think Rodgers is, is going to be looking elsewhere. Um, not saying that, that Adams won't get his fair share, but I don't think we will, I don't think you will see a game from Adams like you normally do. And we've seen a few of those games this year when there was an all-star stud corner. Um, however, I have also seen Matt LaFleur say that he's got to do a better job in those games of putting Devontae in position to get the ball. Um, so I suspect that Devontae is still going to have a big game, maybe not yards-wise, but definitely probably touchdown-wise. You'll see some more... Uh, slot plays out of him and some bubble screens from the backfield. Um, they'll move him around a lot to get him off of Ramsey. And I think they're going to use Corey Dillon, or not Corey, A.J. Dillon, our, our rookie running back who is uh, who had one hell of a game a couple weeks ago. Uh, A.J. Dillon's going to be our cold weather guy. He's just a big bruiser and nobody wants to hit him because he'll run your ass over every time. 
I mean, it, he's perfect for our our running back lineup. Like Aaron Jones, shifty <clears throat> slasher running back, hits the hole, breaks arm tackles really well, even though he's not the biggest guy. Jamal Williams, just solid all around. Not flashy, but always solid in pass protection, always solid catching the ball, always solid at running the ball. You know, he might not break a 50-yarder like Aaron Jones, but he's solid. And then you got A.J. Dillon, who's this pounder. Yet, he's got breakaway speed if he gets in the open field. Uh, he'll just hit the hole hard. He'll run right in the back of his lineman and shove three guys forward to get the extra couple yards. Uh, it's exciting to see a, such a well-rounded, deep running back field. And I think that's going to be the big difference for the Rams is they just, even though we can pass it all day, we're going to run the ball all over them. Also, isn't Aaron Donald injured? I don't think he... He'll play. He might play, but, you know, he won't be the same Aaron Donald. Um, we'll see. I, I feel pretty good about this game, just like you said. So good that I'm ready to move on and talk about your buddy getting let go. <laughs> uh, I won't say call my buddy. But, <laughs> uh, so, the Philadelphia Eagles. Owner Jeffrey Lurie had some meetings with Doug Peterson and he decided it was time to move on. So he fired Super Bowl winning head coach Doug Peterson three years after winning the Super Bowl. Troy Aikman came out and said that, well, somebody made a report that Troy Aikman came out and said that he talked to Doug Peterson and the reason why Doug Peterson got fired is because Doug Peterson wanted to move forward with Jalen Hurts and Lurie wanted to move forward with Carson Wentz. Um, but now Troy Aikman has come out and said that was nowhere even close to what he said. So, we still don't know what the issue was, what was said in the meetings. Um, what I don't understand is why our GM keeps making us making it through. He's been a GM for ten years now. You know, they, he kept him when he fired Reed. He kept him when he fired Kelly. Now Peterson's fired. Our owner said that he thinks it's it, it, the problem with coaching. And I understand why he 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 said that. We had a few players that left after last year and this year had some success with other teams. So and that would be coaching. I will I I've thought about this and I've decided I will back Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie for now. But if they hire this coach, if things don't get better, then I don't know. <laughs> There's going to be one disgruntled fan here. Yeah, they got to do a better job at their interview process or something. You know, um, I, you and I talked off the record earlier, and we were just talking about who would be the best fit, you know, ourselves. And I wanted to just give you the opportunity, like, Who's your dream head coach for them to get? My dream head coach um, would be Ryan Day. Ryan Day? Ryan Day. I thought we just talked earlier and you said you would never want him to leave Ohio State. Oh, there's always one exception to the rule. Oh, okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> If it's the Philadelphia Eagles, of course. I mean, I, I okay. Come on over, come on over, Ryan Day. I say that because of his familiar familiarity with the organization. <laughs> you botched that word. <laughs> they know what I mean. Familiarity. Familiar. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Anyways. <laughs> 
He, he was quarterback coach in 2015 under Chip Kelly. Um, and, I, and I just, it, it's like I said, it's a dream scenario. The dream scenario is they hire Ryan Day and they draft Justin Fields. That's the dream scenario. Now, I know that's not going to happen. Or at least it's, it's extremely unlikely. So, outside of that, who do I want? Um, I'll name three guys. Um, Lincoln Riley, Deuce Staley, and I believe his name is Joe Brady, offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers. He was uh, the passing game coordinator for LSU last year when they won the national title. I guess he was the genius behind everything. Um, Lincoln Riley probably not going to happen. So I think I think it's going to come down to between Deuce and Joe. Um, There's quite a few other people in the mix. Um, but I do believe you're right that Deuce Daly is a front runner for sure. Um, yeah, they 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 interviewed him last time when they when they hired Doug Peterson. He got an interview. I'm like, even with Doug Peterson in office, look at the running backs that have been at the Eagles, and you look at Miles Sanders, Corey Clement, and Boston Scott, and you think all of those guys did better than you thought they would. They developed, you know, yeah. and, and they did well. They played their hearts out, you know. Corey Clement's biggest problem is he can't stay on the field. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, he he made a big play in the Super Bowl. So. Yep. Um, I got a few other names, though, to throw out there. One of them you might not even thought about. Um, I honestly thought that he got a bad gig in Detroit, and that's Jim Caldwell. I have heard that name. And I, I would be okay with that. I'd be okay with that. I did, I did like Jim Caldwell. Um, I just think he's kind of getting up there in age. And... He's 65, so yeah, you're right. He's getting up there in age. But maybe Eagles are looking for somebody who's got some well-rounded experience. I don't know. That's not the the way of the NFL as of late. Everybody's trying to hire the, the new, youngest, brightest minds. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, I, I don't think they're gonna go Jim Caldwell's way just because of his age, and you know that's a shame because uh, I think he could give them about five years of solid coaching. But maybe they're looking for somebody who's gonna be you know the next fifteen twenty years. So I'll tell you this: I wouldn't be surprised because see, if they hire Deuce Staley, this is what I this is why I kind of want Deuce Staley is because then like. Deuce Staley, he's never done any kind of play calling on offense or nothing like that. So, Deuce Staley comes in, and he's just got to worry about being the head football coach. That's it. Yep. So, I mean, he got, he's got to hire an offensive coordinator and a defensive coordinator, both that know how to call plays. I mean, what if Deuce Staley gets the job and he hires Jim Caldwell as his offensive coordinator? That'd be solid. Absolutely. And I I seen somewhere where somebody put that maybe Deuce Staley would hire Lovey Smith as his DC. I loved Lovey in freaking the in Cleveland. I mean, they Chicago. had. Oh yeah, sorry. I'm thinking of uh, the other big. But I mean, Lovey Smith did wonders in Chicago. Yeah, I mean, Lovey did did wonders in Chicago um, for sure. So Lovey Smith's a good defensive coordinator. But, you, I mean, you also can't count out any of these teams in the playoff runs. Um, all these offensive coordinators, you know, the Chiefs offensive coordinator, he's due. Uh, I think the Eagles, because they got Doug Peterson from the from the Andy Reid tree. Yeah. And I really think that they're trying to stay away from that because for whatever reason didn't work, even though they won a Super Bowl. Yeah. So they're trying. I think they're trying to stay away from that that coaching tree. Could be. Um, 
Then you could also look at Arthur Smith, the Titans offensive coordinator, or uh, Brian. They, they interviewed him. They were blown away, but uh, he signed with Atlanta today. Oh, all right. So he's out of the running. Uh, what about Brian Dable, the Bills offensive coordinator? I if 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 they hired Dable, I'll be pissed. He's like the one name that I've heard that I this it's it, no. And that, that's what happened to me last time. Doug Peterson was the one name that was brought up, and I was like, no. Now, I mean, then he ended up winning the Super Bowl or whatever, but I just don't like the ball. I mean, like, yeah, he, he transformed. He transformed Josh Allen. Cool. Josh Allen was compared to Carson Wentz, so maybe he could do it with Wentz. I don't know, but. I look at I look at the ball's resume, and it and it it just makes me sick. Because he's this is his fourth stint as an offensive coordinator, and the other three just I mean it didn't work out. I mean this time it has, but my thing is like well, he had uh, two out of the three other stints only lasted one season. Yeah. Um, which was, he was with Cleveland. He was with Cleveland for like three or four years or two or three years or something like that. And then he went to Miami. He went to the Dolphins for in 2011. Well, why, why, why were you only there one year? And then the following year, he was with the Chiefs, which was the year before Andy Reid got hired. So again, it's like, okay, what happened there? Why, you know, why did you get fired or whatever? I mean, I'm sure he was fired along with the whole coaching staff, whoever was head coach at the time. But yeah, that's the one name I just, it, it just I just don't like it. I, I don't like, I don't like the resume. Makes sense. Any other names? Uh, nope. I mean, there are some other names in the running, but those are the big ones that I wrote down. Um, before we do our game picks, I will update our audience on all the head coaching vacancies. As we talked about earlier, Erwin Meyer has accepted the job as the head coach at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Robert Sala, which is, he was the 49ers defensive coordinator. He accepted the job for the New York Jets. Um, I know the Eagles had some interest in him as well. Doesn't surprise me. Jets go defense. Um, I, that's one thing with the Eagles. Like they've interviewed a lot of defensive guys, and it's just like, I mean, they never hire defensive guys. Maybe maybe they're just doing due diligence. I don't know. But uh, Robert Sala. It's funny because the strength of their team this year has been the defense, though. Um, first ever Muslim head coach in the NFL, which is, that's cool. Um, and then like I just mentioned in Lena, hiring, um, Arthur Smith, the Tennessee Titans offensive coordinator. And then uh, the Detroit Lions, they really liked Arthur Smith as well. Um, but it looks like he decided to go to Atlanta over Detroit, and, um, looks like Detroit's probably gonna sign, uh, I believe his name is Matt Campbell. He was some kind of defensive assistant on the Saints. I think he was a D-line coach or something like that. He might, he might also be an assistant head coach. If I had the choice between Detroit and Atlanta, team-wise, I mean, they're pretty close. I'd probably still go with Detroit, but I guess location-wise, both cities I hate. I hate Detroit's airport. I hate Atlanta's airport. I hate Atlanta's traffic. But I guess the city life of Atlanta, I would definitely choose the city life over Detroit. Um... See, I, I, I think Atlanta is the easy one. 
I believe Matt Ryan's better than Matthew Stafford. Um, plus, you got Julio Jones there. Plus, they have higher draft picks than Detroit does this year. That does make a big difference. Um, I think Detroit's picking at seven, and Atlanta's picking at four. So, I mean, not a major difference, but when you're talking about the first round, having a top five pick compared to a top ten pick, First round, then, yeah, it makes a difference. For sure. I mean, so, um, I definitely, uh, I think he made the right choice there. Um, plus, I mean, like, if they have a quarterback fall to him at four, I mean, you got Matt Ryan, you can have him sit for a year or two. Yep. You know what I mean? Justin so. Fields. Yeah, I've seen Justin Fields fall to them. Um, in mock drafts? Yeah, it's uh, some mock drafts. That'd be a good situation for him, for sure. Um, see, uh, I, and I think the best, the best coaching job out of all seven, without me being biased here, is the Los Angeles Chargers, and I cannot believe... But they have not hired a head coach yet. Like that to me is. Yeah, I mean you got a, a stud quarterback job. and Her- Herbert. Yeah. A whole bunch of sweet wide receivers. Yeah. Like wow. And and uh, I'm pretty sure they have decent. I think I think they have top ten pick. They're <coughs> just right outside of it. Yeah, and L.A. I mean everybody loves that market in terms of. Right. The the fame or whatnot, the city life. Whoever gets that job off. I mean, if they mess that up, they got a problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and end this show here with our game picks. Um. All right, we already talked about this. We'll go ahead and talk about it again. Green Bay versus Rams. I got Green Bay in a, in a blowout. Me as well. Packers all the way. We already even mentioned our scores earlier, so we'll move on to the next one pretty quick. Um, Bills versus Ravens. I got the Bills in this one. I got the Bills as well. I picked the Bills. Before the postseason started to go to the Super Bowl to represent the AFC. So, and I also not too sure this is going to be too close of a game. Um, it just depends on which which uh, Lamar Jackson shows up. Yeah, I agree. Um, I saw a bold prediction. On, I think it was ESPN mentioned that... Uh, it, well, it wasn't just ESPN. It was one of their writers mentioned a bold prediction uh, that Lamar Jackson was going to outpass Josh Allen and out-scramble him. Uh, I highly doubt he's going to outpass him. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I can almost promise you he won't. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, that is a bold prediction because, yeah, no, not going to happen. Um, Chiefs Browns. Hey, I picked the Browns at the beginning of the season to be in the Super Bowl with the Packers. And I picked them last week to beat the Steelers, which everybody said was a stupid pick, and guess what happened? They beat the Steelers. In fact, they walked all over them, and the Steelers got a bunch of garbage points in the second half to make it look like a game. That said, I'm nervous as hell about this game. (laughs) (laughs) I'm picking the Browns just because I have to. Uh, I mean, I don't absolutely have to, but I'm a man of integrity, and I want to, you know, stay with my... Early season pick, but man, Browns beating the Chiefs would be one hell of a big upset that would yeah. shock the world. Yeah, if they beat the Chiefs, 
everybody's going to pick them to beat the Bills or whoever wins between the Ravens and Bills. Everybody's going to be like, wow, Browns are hot. They're much better than we thought they were. You know, the the talk is going to be crazy. Uh, so we'll see. But I'm going Browns. Yeah, I'll have to roll with my guy, Andy Reid, and the Kansas City Chiefs. And another game that I don't particularly think is going to be very close. But we shall see. Um, Saints Buccaneers. I picked the Saints to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. So that's what I'm going with, the New Orleans Saints. I will really, really badly want a rematch between Rodgers and Brady. And I think the NFL wants it too. This is the closest game out of all four of them by far. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Absolutely a close game. Um, yet, I think if Packers play the Bucks again, it's going to be a rout. Uh, and if we play the Saints again, it's going to be a lot closer of a game. So it's kind of hard for me to sit here and pick the Bucks over the Saints, yet I think they have the better matchup over the Saints. So I'm going to go with Bucks, and we're going to, uh, I'm hoping... That uh, in case my, my Chiefs-Browns pick goes awry, this one will make up for it. <laughs> and I don't have two bad picks. <laughs> we shall see. Yep. I, uh, I picked the Saints, but it's with zero confidence. Zero. It's hard, it's hard to beat the same team three times in one season. Yep. So. But they've they've, you know... Handled the Bucks pretty well both times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. Yep. All right, that does it. Uh, that's all. I mean, there weren't too many picks, so sign us out, Cody. That's it for the Goddamn Football Podcast. Yeet.